Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for attending our webinar today. I'm here with my colleague Ivan Gergov, who is a senior associate with TMS Sofia. My name is Maria Harizanova, and I'm an associate with TMS Sofia as well. It's a pleasure for us to be here today and to give you an idea about the possibilities if you find yourself in a situation where you need to restructure your business. Today, uh, we will discuss the corporate and the employment aspect. Such restructurings may occur for a number of reasons, and very often those reasons are economic. For example, in today's world pandemic and lockdown, you may fortunately find yourself in a situation when, where you're uh, forced to uh, close some department or some operations in your company. So please feel free to send us any questions that you may have. We will do our best to uh, respond to them at the end of the webinar. And if we run out of time, we will make sure to answer you later by email. So with this, I would like to give the word to my colleague Ivan. Hi everyone once again, Maria, thank you very much for the introduction. First, what we will do is we will look into the topics that will be covered in today's webinar. As Maria mentioned, first we will discuss the corporate restructuring options in the time of a pandemic. This will be three options which we have seen that our clients employ in the past couple of months. Then we will move to the more interesting part of the webinar, the employment restructurings and what should be the approach towards them. Afterwards, we will look into decreasing the size of your team and what are the best available options if one finds it itself in this situation. And last, we will finish with a topic of mass dismissals. Speaking about corporate restructurings, although this webinar is part of our employment series, we thought that corporate restructurings are an important topic because more often than not, the corporate restructurings are the one which lead to employment restructurings. In the past couple of months, many of our clients have come to us and have explored different corporate restructuring options, mainly because of the ongoing pandemic. The reasons for the corporate restructurings have been a particular liquidity need, an interest of a client to attract investors in respect of its operations, the need to restructure an existing financing with bondholders or senior lenders, or just internal restructuring, which looks into making better use of the different operations of the company. Having said that, I will now briefly talk about three restructuring options which we have employed for our clients in the past couple of months. The first restructuring op option is the one which relates to a partial sale of a going concern. In its essence, this is a partial sale where part of the business of a company is sold to another company. Uh, this option is best suited where seller determines that specific operations of its company are for sale, but these operations are not part of a different SPV, but are part of its company itself. On the other hand, the purchaser does not want to acquire a separate company and is fine with doing uh, such sale of going concern due to various reasons. The important things to know here is that there is automatic transfer of employee relationships, commercial relationships, and any obligations and liabilities which are related to this part of the business of the company. Uh, unfortunately, there are two very big negatives uh, in relation to this option. On the one hand, the purchaser cannot be sure what exactly is he or she or it acquiring. And on the other hand, the seller has joint liability 
in respect of the transferred obligations up to the amount of the value received. Having said that, we should now look into the second option, which is the so-called spin-off or the merger of a company into a new company. Under this option, part of the business of a company is actually put into a new company. The main thing here is that the company itself shall very carefully determine which parts of its business shall be put into this new company. This includes the specific contracts which are being moved, the respective assets which are accompanied to these contracts, the employees which will be part of the new company, and so on and so on. Um, the suitability of this option uh, is threefold. On the first, uh, in the first hand, uh, it is best used in case a company wants to diversify its operations and put its part of its business into a new company. Uh, the second one is where a company would like to attract investors in respect only of a specific part of its operations, including by doing an initial public offering. And the third option is actually a sale of this business, which is an alternative, an alternative to the partial sale of the going concern, which has, of course, its benefits compared to the partial sale of going concern, but definitely takes quite some time. The third option, which we have actually used twice in the past three months, is the establishment of a new company through in-kind contribution of material assets. What this procedure entails is determination of specific assets which are material to the operation of a company, which are then determined to be the capital of a new company which established through income contribution of these material assets. The interesting thing with this, with this option is the opportunity to transfer the employment relationship of particular employees if there is a very close correlation between these employees and the assets which are forming the capital of the new company. Talking about employees, Maria, can you share what are the main things that an employee should keep in mind in case of these reorganizations? Sure. In case of uh, reorganization of your business, we have a transferer employer. This is the one who will transfer the company and the employees. And a transferee employer who is the one who is acquiring the new business and the employees. So under Bulgarian law, um, the employment relationship with the employees is not terminated in the event of the reorganization of the business. The rights and the obligations of the transferor employer arising from the employment relationships existing as of the date of the change are transferred to the new employer. Any liability for obligations to the employees uh, which existed before the organization are borne by the new transferee employer. So before carrying out your, the reorganization, uh, the transferor employer and the transferee employer are uh, obligated to inform the trade union organizations as well as the employees' representatives at the company of four things. Uh, first, reorganization and the expected date of carrying out the reorganization. Second, the reasons for the reorganizations. Third, the possible uh, legal, economic, uh, and social implications of the reorganization for the employees. And fourth, any measures in relation to the employees, 
including any measures for uh, fulfillment of any employment obligations existing before the date of the reorganizations. So the all transfer employer is obliged to provide that information at least two months before the reorganization is carried out. The new transferee employer is obliged to provide that information in reasonable time and in any events, again, at least two months before the employees are directly affected by the expected uh, changes in their employment conditions. If any of the employers also foresees to take measures for fulfillment of any employment obligations, this employer must consult and make effort to reach an agreement with the trade union organizations and the employees' representatives. If there are no trade union representatives or employees' representatives in your company, the employer must provide that information to the employees themselves. If the employer doesn't fulfill those obligations, the trade union organizations or the employees' representatives or the employees themselves may very well notify and complain to the general uh, labor inspectorate. Great. Thanks, Maria. So it is very important to keep in mind this two-month period uh, when structuring the respective corporate reorganization so as not to end up in a situation where you have your timeline and everything is in place. And then you have to wait two more months uh, so the notification period runs out. Next, I will briefly discuss structuring option which we don't want any of our clients to end up, but unfortunately shall be kept in mind. And this is the newly introduced in Bulgaria at least stabilization procedure. Um, this procedure is very similar to the schemes of arrangement in the UK, the chapter 11 proceedings in the US. In its essence, it's a procedure which allows a company which is in an imminent danger of being insolvent to apply to the court and request that this stabilization procedure commences. Once the application is made, the court will review it and it shall determine the commencement of the procedure within three days. Once the procedure is commenced, the court will appoint a trustee to the company, uh, whereas the duties and capacity of this trustee may vary very much. On the one hand, the trustee can be only an advisory. On the other, it can be managing the whole business of the company. When the trustee is in place, the company itself and the creditors have four months to enter into this so-called stabilization plan. In its essence, the stabilization plan is a plan which reschedules the payments to be made by the company to its creditors for a period of three years. During the negotiation of the stabilization plan, the rights and obligations of the employees are not affected and they are fully in place. Once the creators and the company have decided that they have a plan which is good for both sides and is one which satisfies both their demands, the plan will be voted by the different classes of creators. Each class of creditors shall approve the plan with 50% majority. Once the plan is approved, the court will review it and it will determine if it's suitable and the plan will enter into force. Once the plan enters into force, it will be mandatory for all different creators of the company and it will be for a period of up to three years. It's important to note here that there is a general framework on a European level for similar procedures, at least for small and medium enterprises, uh, which is supposed to enter in next year, but it is still not implemented in Bulgaria. 
So this, uh, this actually is the end of the first part of uh, our webinar. Now we will move to the more interesting one, which is the employment perspective of these different restructuring options. First, I would like to say that we don't promote and encourage in any way uh, for the employers to dismiss employees unless there is absolutely no other choice. We would always try to um, work around the situation and find a way for the employer to keep uh, his or her employees to uh, apply for government aid uh, or some other measures which would allow the employer to keep the employees. With that being said, we know that sometimes the employer doesn't have any other choice. So today I would like to discuss some reasons for a dismissal that uh, the employer can use in such situation. Today we're not going to discuss all possibilities for termination of an employment contract that exists, like we won't discuss disciplinary dismissals, uh, but we will rather focus on terminations due to some sort of business restructuring, uh, disruption of the working process, uh, and so on. In general, something to keep in mind is that an employment contract can be terminated by the employee with a notice without having to justify uh, the termination and for any reason. In some cases, the employee is entitled to terminate the employment contract in writing without even waiting for a notice period to expire. Uh, for the employer, however, the situation is not the same. You cannot just terminate an employment contract uh, with a notice without justifying the reason for that termination. And not only that, that justification has to be one of the justifications in the labor code explicitly. So you cannot just make up with whatever reason for termination, you need to comply with the labor code with the possible reasons of termination. Termination of an employment contract by the employer can only take place on those exhaustive grounds provided by the labor code. And there are a number of reasons that are listed there. Uh, some of the reasons relate to the employee, for example, lack of efficient working performance, other reasons are business reasons, business closure, the reduction of work volume. Those are the reasons that we are going to discuss today. And it could be conduct, for example, disciplinary breaches. As I said, today we'll focus only on the business part. So we would first start with terminations without notice period. Number one is termination of employees who are still on their trial period. The employer can one-sidedly terminate the employment agreement of employees who are still on their trial period without notice and without having to justify the reason why. Generally, the trial period of most new employees is up to six months, or it could be less. Six months is the maximum, and this is subject to each specific agreement. For the employer to do that, the trial period has to be in favor of the employer. Under the labor code, there are two types of uh, trial periods, in favor of the employer and favor of the employer employee or in favor of both. If it's in favor of both, both the employer and the employee can terminate at any given moment during the trial period uh, without justification, without compensation. If it's in favor of the employer, the employer can do that as well. So the benefits of such option are that if you decide that you cannot keep all of your employees, this measure can be easily and immediately uh, implemented without accruing any additional costs for compensations, besides a compensation for any unused paid annual leave if the employee has such. 
Another option is uh, termination against compensation. If the employee agrees, the employer can terminate the employment agreement against compensation immediately. That compensation is in the amount of at least four uh, monthly salaries. It could be more. So this is a good option for the employee, but not so favorable for the employer because it would accrue higher costs. Also bear in mind that the employee might not agree to four salaries and ask for more. In this situation, you'd need to decide how much are you willing to give. Usually the employer asks the employee in writing, would the employee agree to terminate the contract against the compensation, which could be, as I said, four or more monthly salaries and give some time for the employee to respond, let's say a week uh, in writing if the employee agrees or it doesn't agree. But I, again, as I said here, the employee might ask for more money. So you would need to figure out how much more you would you would be willing to give to the employee. Another option is termination by mutual consent. If the employee agrees with the termination of the employment agreement, the agreement is terminated without notice and without owing any compensation, except again for compensations for uh, days of unused annual leave, if there are any, and uh, for work experience, if the person has such. This is a very good option for the employer, but not so favorable for the employees, and uh, thus many employees would not agree to that. With that, we move to the options of terminations with notice period. As I mentioned, today we are going to discuss only business restructuring terminations and not terminations such as disciplinary terminations. Something to keep in mind here is that for indefinite term contracts, the notice period is anything between usually one month and three months. For fixed term contracts, however, uh, the statutory term is either three months or the unexpired term of the contract. Let's say you have an employee who is on a fixed term uh, contract for one year, and sometimes at some point down the line you want to terminate that contract, you would need to give a three-month notice period. It, or if, let's say, the employee worked already 10 months out of the one year, and it has only two months left, and you want to terminate the contract now, you would need to give two-month notice period. Then we have uh, terminations due to closure of the enterprise. This means full cancellation of production and business activity, which requires uh, dismissal of all employees. The reason for the closure is not relevant for the respective dismissals. Uh, the only prerequisite is that the company must adopt in a decision which states that the company is closing. The date of termination of the employment agreement should be the date of the closure of the enterprise. Then we move to partial closure of the enterprise. This means usually closure of a certain department. The employer should perform and document a selection procedure if their employees on the same or very similar positions in order to keep the employees who possess higher qualifications and perform better. Then we move to termination due to staff cuts, downsizing, or this means that you're basically closing that certain position in your company. 
Again, if there are other employees who are on the same position, the employer must carry out a selection procedure. If the employee is the only person in the company on this position, the selection procedure is not mandatory. But after the dismissal, the employer should not hire employees on the same position for some time, let's say four or five months at least. Termination due to reduction of uh, the work volume in the company. This reduction of the work volume should be real and objective, so it could be proved in a potential uh, court procedure. This means that you cannot just say, I'm going to terminate five people, let's say, uh, because the work volume in the company is less, but you don't have any objective and documented facts showing that actually the work volume in your company is less. Again, the employer is obliged to make a formal pre-selection in order to keep the employees who have higher qualifications and perform better. And then we have termination due to suspension of work for more than 15 days. This could affect the whole company or a certain department. The reason for the suspension is irrelevant for the dismissals. In practice, the suspension of work means that the employees don't have any work to do. This suspension of work should last at least 15 working days in order to be a ground for the employees' dismissals. The dismissals should be performed during the period of suspension and not after the company starts its activities again. With all of these reasons of terminations, there is something important to keep in mind. Certain employees may be entitled to special protection, which means that their employment agreement may be terminated only after the employer requests in a formal procedure and receives a permission from the General Labor Inspectorate in certain cases also from the trade unions. This means basically that if you decide to terminate some of your employees on the basis of one of those reasons before the termination occurs, you need to ask in writing your employee certain things. For example, if they're a member of a union member, if they suffer from a specific disease, so you know if those protections apply to them or not, and if you need to ask the labor inspectorate or not. Some of the categories that fall under the special protection is mothers of young children under three, workers suffering from certain diseases that are designated in ordinance of the Minister of Health. Usually those are diabetes, heart diseases, cancer, mental illness. It's, um, I think, six or seven categories of diseases that fall under that category. Also, uh, you cannot terminate agreements of employees who are on vacation or who are on a medical leave or who has been elected as members of the employees' representatives or trade unions. For all of these categories, you need to receive a permission from the labor inspectorate to terminate. So what are the compensations? Usually it's one or two monthly salaries. You either keep the employee at work for the term of the notice period and pay salary during that notice period, which is one to three months, or you pay compensation for not keeping the notice period, which is one to, two, to three months, depending on what's in the contract. In Bulgaria, very often is one month uh, notice period, so one month compensation. And also you must pay compensation for the time which the employee has remained unemployed or, or if he or she has started a lower paid job, but for no more than one month. And you need to pay the unused annual paid leave uh, vacation of the employee if there's any.
Uh, the terminations are in writing, quite often uh, by order, signed by the employer, and that should be registered with the National Revenue Agency, NAP, within seven days of the signing of the termination. What are the con consequences if uh, that's not met? Let's say the employee complains to the labor inspectorate that might lead to an inspection or the dismissal may be challenged in court. It may be declared wrongful and repealed and and the employee may be returned to work, and the court may give a compensation to the employee uh, equivalent to no more than six monthly salaries, and that would be a compensation that the employer must pay. Now we will continue to mass dismissals. The reasons for the mass dismissals may include any kind of the reasons that we already mentioned, like closure of the part of the enterprise, reduction of the work volume, a staff cut or the so-called downsizing, standby for more than 15 days, and so on. Mass dismissals are dismissal based on reasons not related to the individual employees, where the number of the employees is, you can see it on your screen, at least 10 employees in enterprises with more than 20 and less than 100 employees during the month preceding the collective dismissals and the dismissals are carried out over a period of 30 days. At least 10% of the number of employees in enterprises employing at least 100 but less than 300 employees during the month preceding the mass dismissals and the dismissals are carried out over a period of uh, 30 days. At least 30 employees in enterprises employing 300 uh, employees or more during the month preceding the, the mass dismissals. The dismissals are carried out um, over a period of 30 days. Basically, mass dismissals apply to enterprises with more than 20 employees. The reasons for the dismissals uh, could be any of the reasons that we talked about. The rules for notice period, compensation, uh, pre-selection and protection apply for the mass dismissals as well. The employer is obligated to follow certain procedure and to begin uh, consultations with the trade unions and the trade representatives not later than 45 days uh, before the dismissals are to take effect. That basically means that the average duration of the entire procedure of mass dismissals will take around 60, 80 days. This means that in practice, the employer needs to take decision for the collective dismissals, send the invitation for the consultations and provide the required information well in advance before the terminations. The employer here is required to make effort to reach an agreement with the trade unions and the employees' representatives in order to avoid the mass dismissals or reduce the number of the people who would be affected and overall to uh, mitigate the consequences. The employer should also perform and document a selection procedure if there are employees on the same or very similar positions in order to retain the employees who possess higher qualifications and perform better. Certain employees may also be entitled to special protection. So you should keep in mind that, which means that the employment agreements may be terminated only after the employer requests and receives the permission of the labor inspectorate. The mandatory proceedings that I just mentioned before the respective authorities are free of costs and the employees will be entitled to the same compensations that I've already mentioned. We wish you a wonderful day and thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone.